0: As a busy weatherman, people rely on me for up-to-the-minute weather reporting, which means I need energy to keep me going throughout my day. Well, right now, you can get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. Well, in that case, the forecast calls for rain, sun, partly cloudy, high, low, scattered, isolated, umbrella jacket flip-flops with 100% chance of looking up on the Internet. I've got sandwiches
1: to eat. Humidity, dew point. Get two Dunkin' Bacon, Egg, and Cheese sandwiches for $5. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.
0: Welcome to Nuggets Numbers. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, and if you're wondering what the heck this is, then I don't really blame you. We at Denver Stiffs are trying something new. We are going to be expanding our podcast network this year, and instead of just having Adam Morris with Nuggets locked on Nuggets and Zach Mikosh with the Pickaxe Pundit Show, we're going to try something new, and we're going to use all of our authors and our writers to see if we can come up with some interesting content for you guys, some audio content that we're going to try and just break down and and expand as much as possible and, and find certain niches that we weren't necessarily hitting before. So this, if you didn't recognize before is Nuggets Numbers, what I am going to do this year is focus an analytically inclined podcast for our analytically inclined listeners going to break down the nuggets numbers going to break down nba numbers look at it from an analytical perspective and see what kind of conclusions we can come to while also continuing to bring in the casual audience and see whether they're interested in certain games that we play certain fun activities that we're going to go through and we're going to see where this goes and have a good time with it so I'm going to be bringing on a guest every week, and for my first guest, I couldn't have anybody else other than my good friend and current co-writer for Denver Stiffs, Gordon Gross. Gordon, how are you doing
1: today? Good. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing where we go with this and uh, what exactly we wind up talking about, because I'm sure we're pretty much just going to make it up on the fly, but I'm all right with that. Uh, winging it is kind of my style anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we will see We will see where this goes, but I have a podcast breakdown right here. What I'm going to start with right now is we are going to play a game, and the first game that we are going to play is Guess the Nuggets Player. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you various clues, and you're going to see if you can guess which Nuggets player we're talking about, and then we'll go into more depth about this player in the later minutes. So first guess. This is Ryan
1: trying to expose me, so <laughs> just so everyone's aware— <laughs> Ryan told me this about three minutes ago, so I'm like, oh, great. Okay, the, uh, let's see. What can I do? Name that tune.
0: The goal is it. to really surprise them, and then when we guess it and when we figure it out, we will talk about this player and see what where their future is with Denver. So, Gordon, are you ready?
1: Let's do it. All
0: right, so the first clue is that this player had a 59.1 true shooting percentage in 2017-2018.
1: 59.1? All right. Um, well, I know some people it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what was Wancho's true shooting percentage?
0: Uh, actually don't have that in
1: front of me, so it was... Come on, man. It was
0: not Wancho Hernan Gomez, though.
1: Okay. <laughs> so if it's not Wancho, um, Trey Lyles. It is Trey Lyles. Hey! Very there nice. we go. Well,
0: congratulations. So, some of the other <laughs> some of the other clues that we're talking about. Uh, Trey Lyles for the second clue had two point six catch and shoot three point attempts per game, and he shot forty point six percent on those.
1: See, I still would have guessed Wancho. But no, yeah, I, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, and then the third clue was that he played 1,391 minutes in 2017 Okay, yeah. See,
1: then, then I knew it was definitely not Wancho. Exactly. That'll, but, um, that'll definitely be. No, that's that's good. It. See, it had to be somebody who was efficient, who um, had a good shooting percentage from three-point. Um, so, i.e., not Emmanuel Moutier. Exactly. Um, you know, could finish at the rim. Uh, Trey... Trey is a really interesting player for Denver. I'm fascinated to see what they decide to do with him.
0: Would you consider him the Nuggets' breakout player this year?
1: Um, I expect him to be yes.
0: What, um, what kind of now, uh, what kind of minute
1: load does that entail? Probably, I don't know, twenty two to twenty four a game.
0: It's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to see what he can do. I am at least a little bit concerned that right now while he is thinking, while they are trying to think about playing him as the sixth man this year behind Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap still is a kind of a heavy minute guy. So it's, it's not a situation where Denver has like a, a fifth starter where they're playing under 30 minutes a game consistently. I don't, I don't necessarily They're going to have that. to
1: find times, man. They're, uh, the, the problem is that they have, they still have too many good players, which is a stupid problem to have. Um, but they have guys who overlap, and they have... Like, Mason Plumlee has looked outstanding this preseason, so can you really steal his minutes to give them to Trey Lyles? You know, can, by playing Millsap at the center position um, with the backup unit, and then you would have minutes at the four for Trey. You could play Trey at the small ball five, you could play Trey at the three, if he can handle it against slower threes. But I don't, I, I don't really know how they're going to do that, or whether they're going to try to do that, Even though getting Trey Wiles more minutes would theoretically be helpful for the team, it it involves making it harder for everyone else. It involves having to juggle minutes, and that hasn't – juggling minutes adroitly has not been um, something that the Nuggets have been good at for a few years now. It's been hard for them to get that balance right, so I don't know how they're going to deploy Trey. I really don't
0: an encouraging part going into it this preseason Jacob Goldstein on Twitter actually has a wins added metric that he applied to the entire NBA and Lyles came in 7th in the entire NBA and wins added this year
1: he's got a he's got a fabulous potential i, I mean you saw him like In the preseason, the guy is bricked out. He looks good. He looks fast. His shot is good. He's he's got a good nose for the ball for rebounding. Like, how are you not going to play the guy who can shoot from deep, can drive the hoop, um, is one of your longest defenders of every position, really?
0: No, absolutely. Um, I I think he's, he's one of those guys where they're going to try and find minutes for him where they can, but does that come at the expense of Paul Millsap in that way?
1: Right. Well, and honestly, that's going to be on paul i Paul did not look good in the preseason that doesn't necessarily mean anything um, he's working on his game and he's working on uh coming back you know after all the rehab he had to do for his his wrist and getting healthy over the summer. but you know that if Paul doesn't look like he's meshing well again, I would assume that they will take early minutes from him and give them to somebody who is meshing, which you would think would be Trey Wiles.
0: What do you think are the odds that uh, Trey Lyles is the starting power forward for Denver at the end of the season?
1: Uh, That really depends on his defense, man. That's not not his strong suit. Um, Because you have to have somebody who can defend next to Jokic. You have to. Um, You have to have somebody who can hopefully patrol the perimeter, can stuff drive attempts, can you know uh, at least block some easy shots uh, i would say it's low in le- if my else if it was healthy i think it's low I-, I think that his percentage is maybe like 20% um barring injury
0: yeah, no, I think that sounds that sounds pretty reasonable. I'd probably put it at around 25% just because like yeah. you said, he he's not a defensively inclined player and while he does have potential on that end, just being as long and as as athletic as he is, he hasn't really shown a
1: propensity to be engaged on the on that end of the floor, I would say. Right. Uh, well, I would love it, man. If if he turned into Millsap, because Milsap had the same sort of He's actually taller than Paul. Um but Millsap, uh, when he came out, taught himself how to be a very good defender. Um, he didn't start that way, necessarily. He, he, he picked up things. Because he's not the most athletic guy. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the longest wingspan guy. He's just the guy who moves his feet right, gets in the right position, and pays attention. Uh, Trey Wallace is a smart guy. Uh, I'm glad that Millsap is on the team for him to learn from, but I don't, I don't know how much of that end he'll pick up. I really don't
0: absolutely i can't really add anything more than that so let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about the nuggets more as a whole uh every everybody and their mother on twitter right now is running win projections for for the entire nba <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll see them from predictions to somebody who has more of a projection system so i wanted to compile three of them uh that are that are very mainstream i would say and we can talk about them, see what exactly they are, uh, where the experts are projecting Denver for this year, and we can talk about why that is. So Kevin Pelton on ESPN, he did a projection earlier this August, last August, and put the Nuggets at 50.5 wins and fourth place in the Western Conference.
1: Andrew and Johnson... That's quite, that's quite the projection, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Andrew Johnson... Uh, Counting Baskets on Twitter, he projected 47.7 wins and fourth place in the Western Conference. Okay. 538, 48 wins, sixth place in the Western Conference. So those three, thinking about that number, lowest being 47 and 47.7, the highest being 50.5, what do you take away from that?
1: Uh, nobody seems to think that Denver's offense won't be able to carry them to the playoffs is what I take from that all of them I'm sure have defensive questions in their projections about what Denver can stop or not stop but uh, that's a projection that says your offense will get you to the playoffs if you play like you did the last half of the year and I believe that. that, that's what I believe as well
0: it's really interesting to see this number not not more towards forty five to forty seven as opposed to forty seven right. to fifty. Just well,
1: projection systems, by by definition, normally uh, cap your the top end of the total. They they don't usually give you very few win projection systems will give you like a sixty five win team. It it rarely happens. Like it happens in real life, but it doesn't happen in projection systems. They're designed to keep the. Um, the variants in the middle—they cap out the very high and the very low. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, speaking to that, Golden State actually—they there seem to be capped at 58 to 60 wins projection-wise, exactly. and you would expect a team like that to be up in the 62, 63, 64 win threshold. But a lot of these projections, as you say, they cap what how good or bad you can be. And the worst of the worst teams aren't as bad as they actually are in real life. And the best of the best teams aren't as good as they are in real life. So it's interesting to see, though, that the, the Western Conference standing for all of these is fourth place, fourth place, and sixth place. That would put Denver squarely in the playoff mix and, and really kind of in that, that middle tier of playoff teams. What do you take away from that?
1: Well, I mean, that's what I expect them to be. So <laughs> it's nice that for once the projection systems and I agree. Um it's not gonna be easy money in Vegas like it was the last few years when they were calling for Denver to win like twenty six and a half games or whatever a couple of years ago. I was like, man, if I had money to go to Vegas, that's uh that's easy money. Um and it was. But that was that was their projection and that's how they got the bets to fall, uh, the way they needed them to. But yeah, Denver is finally getting the expectations raised to the appropriate level, now they just have to meet them. Like, that's that's been Denver's problem the last couple of years is they haven't quite met expectations. They should have been a playoff team, and they missed by one game last year, and they should have been a playoff team two years ago, and they missed by one game again. Like, that's that's been some self-inflicted injury there along with some actual injury, you know, to people like Millsap, but I'm just looking forward to them living up to this projection and being healthy enough to make it happen.
0: It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I currently have them projected fifty wins. Uh, so I have fifty, yeah. kind of right in line with what Kevin Pelton is expecting, and and fourth place in the Western Conference for me. How about you?
1: Yeah, I have them. I have them at fifty and fourth. Also, um, I I know a couple other people on uh, the stiff staff have them anywhere between forty six and forty eight. Um, so I think pretty much the stiffs projection lists would look exactly like these three projection lists as far as outcome.
0: Is it a little bit weird to be in the position where everybody's expecting you to perform well?
1: I think it's a little weird when they're expecting you to perform well when you still haven't done it yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, that's it's not like it's Philadelphia and they were a massive playoff team last year, so now they have huge expectations. Denver couldn't make the playoffs the last two years in a very stacked Western Conference, and now all of a sudden people are projecting them for things like home court. You know, that's, that's a big jump. That's a big jump that people are – I mean, it's not in wins, but it is in execution. It's, it's counting on the fact that the Nuggets will execute better than they did uh, the last couple of years, and they'll get those close games, and they won't blow 20-point leads, and those sorts of things that happen to young teams will stop happening to them because they're not quite as young a team anymore.
0: It's going to be a really interesting road. When the, in that regard, I'm I'm curious to see what they do, how they come out of the – seat or how they enter the season this year. They they have a lot of games up front where they can really make some noise and, and get out to, to a league. They've got to enter
1: strong. They've got to enter strong. Like the back half of this schedule is terrible. They have got to get out of the gate. They cannot have this 25-game-getting-to-know-each-other thing happen again. They just can't. They know who they're supposed to be. They know who's supposed to run everything. They know it's Jokic's team. Like, this should not be a complicated process. Everybody knows their role. The people who sh- who are there to space the floor and shoot threes should space the floor and shoot threes. The people who are supposed to direct traffic should direct traffic. Like, this should not be a complicated thing. Everybody should have gotten their, their dress rehearsal out of the way last year. So they've got to come out of the gate quick. Otherwise, these projections are all going to go in the toilet pretty fast projections don't really
0: account for understanding your role and a lot of the dynamics no. that that come within a team it's why you'll see the the minnesota timberwolves still having a, a massive projection even though jimmy butler is probably going to cause chemistry <laughs> issues for a lot of that time so
1: yes it's, it's whenever you be... talk about chemistry that's that's what you're talking about that's always um it's that thing that you believe the championship teams have but you can't identify the numbers you'll be able to identify it this year if Jimmy Butler sticks around in uh, Minnesota and gets heavy minutes you'll be able to see what chemistry looks like and how it affects things on the court
0: but it truly is one of the reasons why i see denver excelling this year simply because last year they were trying to incorporate Jokic ball by including paul Millsap, that took a little right. bit of chemistry to to kind of get it back in line jamal murray was starting a point guard for the first time and that's not going to happen again like this is his second year his is third year overall he'll probably be a better player uh Lots of exciting things going into this season for Denver, and Will Barton is starting at, at small forward. so there's
1: just— That's the only corporation thing that I worry about, because Will was asked to do so many things for the bench last year. He was asked to be the main distributor, to be the scorer, to be the leader, to be the— um, the microwave off the bench to be so he had he had to gun he had to think about like you know what he was trying to do. They made will do a whole bunch of opposite minded things last year, and he was still very good at them uh but I'm really curious to know how he's going to fit in when his role is not to pass the ball, uh, to initiate offense or to create, that his job is to finish, that his job is to take open shots, his job is to cut to the basket. His job is basically to be the Gary Harris at small forward, and I'm curious to see how well that fits him since he hasn't had that role here ever.
0: It's going to be interesting because one of the best parts of Barton is that you can give him any role, and he will shine in that role by instead now by pigeonholing him into a specific role it may it may change the way he plays it may change the way the nuggets think about him as a player so i'm really curious to see how that works but other than that that seems to be the only thing where i'm i'm really concerned about them not understanding each other i think Jokic needs to continue to understand that he is an amazing player and that he should definitely not be deferring to anybody ever.
1: Uh this Yeah, is... he should definitely run everything. That was very important for Denver. <laughs> it's it's one of those
0: things that you get you always are concerned a little bit until you're not with that. Uh okay, switching gear or last last point on that, if I told you the Nuggets started the season twelve and eight, are you excited, worried, or is that right in line with where you think they'll be?
1: That's probably what I expect. That's probably what I expect. It's like within a game, thirteen, seven, eleven, and nine. I think twelve and eight sounds about right for the first twenty game stretch. Um, now, if they come out of the game hotter than that, that will be amazing. Like that will be such a huge lift to their season. If they can start fifteen and five, I just don't see. Like the schedule is rough, and it's in parts anyway. There's play games you can make headway, but then there's some weird. There's some weird anomalies, and of course you've got you know Golden State and other things going on. So they don't get to play the Spurs while they're all banged up. So that's kind of a, a bummer from a Denver perspective. But um, no, I would expect twelve and eight sounds about like what I would expect after first twenty games.
0: Cool. All right. Well, let's switch gears. Let's head to the last segment. At the, the last segment that I will be doing for Nuggets numbers every week is I will be doing a game. Uh, doesn't matter what the game is, but we're going to be coming up with a lot of different Nuggets numbers-related games. And the first one, I think, is one of the more interesting ones because I think there's, there's some actual implications to the numbers that I'm talking about. So we're going to be playing, is this a Nuggets number or not a Nuggets number? Gordon, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So the first one is that defensively, the Nuggets as a team... Uh, they accumulated 0.87 points per possession defending pick-and-roll ball handlers, which ranked 25th in the NBA. Is that a Nuggets number or not a Nuggets number?
1: Def- they Defending the pick-and-roll. That sounds right. That sounds like a Nuggets number. It
0: is. That is a Nuggets number. Yep. And the reason why it's important is I, I went back and looked at this for the last couple of years. This past year, 11 of the best 14 teams in points per possession – uh, we're playoff teams, and that seems to be a very large indication. And and before that, eight of nine in 2016-2017, uh, right. eight of nine were playoff teams the year before. So that seems to be a really big place for them, where the Nuggets could improve. And if they do improve into the top half of the league, then I would say that it's a pretty good indication that they're a playoff caliber team.
1: Agreed, Um, and I think a lot of that's going to be based on uh, Plumlee being healthy and Millsap being healthy, that those are your two guys. Uh, I don't think the guard play is necessarily going to stop penetration, but if your big men can move better, I think that'll definitely help. Um, I know that the Nuggets have said that they were practicing more on how to alleviate their woes at the three-point line uh, defensively. Um, I'm curious to see how that affects their pick-and-roll defense and their penetration. But, again, we won't know anything until we actually see the real games. Th- being able to defend that pick-and-roll will definitely help them.
0: Absolutely. All right,
1: ready for the next number? Hit me.
0: All right, so in the same breath, the defensive team... Nuggets defended one point one one point oh one points per possession against isolations, making them the worst in the NBA.
1: Uh, I don't think they were the worst. Uh, they could have been. Um, I'm going to say that's not a Nuggets number. You are
0: correct. Not a Nuggets number. That was Cleveland actually. There uh, we go. The Nuggets were 19th at zero point nine two oh, points than per I possession. Thought. Okay. So. But the difference there, 0. 0.92 versus 1.01, 01, it's, not, it's not a major difference. And one of, those, one of the reasons there is that only six of the top 11 teams were playoff teams. It's not really as indicative of a great defense. Uh, lots of teams, Utah in particular, Philly in particular, great defenses didn't rank very well in those categories. It, to me, it doesn't seem like that's as indicative of a great defense.
1: Do we know what, how many, uh, what percentage of plays that was for Denver? It how many was, times people were coming at us that way?
0: My belief is that it was seven percent. Let me take a look at it really okay. quick. Yeah, that would be why it doesn't matter that much. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 one of those statistics where you don't really think about it, and there's a reason you don't really think about it because it, the frequency of it is not as large as what people really expect it to be. Uh, for, well, it's
1: because what you see on highlights are, are, you know, isolation blow-bys and whatnot. It looks good when when the defense fails and the offense capitalizes, but it doesn't happen that much.
0: Exactly. So the Nuggets were uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11th in frequency, but only 7.4% of their attempts were, free, okay. were defensively defending isolations. And so right. one of the reasons that People believe that the Nuggets are going to be a bad defense forever is because Nikola Jokic cannot defend in space. However, I don't necessarily agree that that's where Denver can see, like, where they can gain the most improvement because 7.4% right. is not a large percentage. Like, that just means that there's 92, 93% of other plays where they have to play defense. So if Jokic is being limited in his place where he has to isolate, and he just improves moderately in that, then I think that they can definitely get to a top-half defense. It just...
1: Well, and again, 19th nineteenth overall last year was fine. It's not like they were that 30th spot. Yeah, 19th isn't great, but if if they're a middle-of-the-road defense, if they're a top-15, top-18 defense, that's all they need with the kind of top-three offense they expect to roll out there. So I'm curious to see what they affect other ways. Ready for the last one? Yep.
0: All right, so this one's a little bit more specific. The Nuggets were the only team to have four players that shot 37% from three on 300 total threes.
1: Oh. I'm going to say that's not a Nuggets number.
0: You're correct. Three for three, Gordon. That's awesome. Hey. <laughs> Look at that. So they were they were not... And there were two other teams that did and the Nuggets actually didn't. Murray Harris and Barton hit that threshold, but Jokic only attempted two hundred and eighty threes.
1: Right. He close. It was
0: close. Do you think he should try and get up to the three hundred number?
1: Uh I do. Um it's, if I mean it's that depends on how well he's shooting them, obviously, but if he's gonna shoot forty percent from deep, then yes, he should definitely shoot more threes.
0: It's one of those things where you don't necessarily think about it, but he was one of the most frequent three-point attempters for a center, like other than Carl Anthony Towns and and players of that ilk. But only Carl Anthony Towns seems to be the better three-point shooter at the center position in the NBA. So it's one of those scenarios where you're you're maximizing kind of an inefficiency in the NBA where, where it's not necessarily expected for a center to be that great.
1: Well, and when he does it, because he can hit when he's open, it pulls people out of the paint. People have to come out. Rudy Gobert does not want to be standing out on the three-point line with Jokic. It de- it defeats his ability to stop all of the back cuts, all of the other things that the Nuggets want to do. So if Jokic being able to hit those shots changes the way that defenses can play him and the way they play Denver in general. It's important for them to be able to do that. It's what helps their spacing. It helps everything. So... It- pulling pulling centers out to defend him is a very useful thing for the efficiency of their offense. So if, if him shooting more makes that happen and, and he can shoot like this next year, absolutely. Let's see it.
0: For the record,
1: two other teams
0: did do that as well. Uh, the Golden State Warriors were one with Steph, Clay, KD,
1: and Nick Young. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep, I expected them.
0: And the Cavs, although Rodney Hood wasn't on the team for the entire time, he was a three-point Weapon, uh, Jr. Smith, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, and Rodney Hood were the were the
1: four for them. Okay, because yeah, uh, Rodney Hood, man, uh, he he could have had such a great off season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. could have <laughs> Could have ended up anywhere, but he he just yep the things did
1: not work out well for him.
0: Do you, do you think he could still be a player?
1: I think he could still be a good role player. That doesn't mean that that he will but I, I still think he's got it in him to be a really long term really good bench piece on a playoff team um, I still think that's part of what he can do but the way that he sabotaged his own season that, that really makes you question some things but it's not like it's anything that J.R. Smith hasn't done and Jr has been a really good bench player for a very long time so
0: If I told you he had the career of Gerald Green would you say sure? Yeah that sounds right I think it makes, a, it makes a lot of sense with him. Uh, okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Uh, Gordon, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to doing this again.
0: I, I am as well. Uh, so, again, Nuggets Numbers, new podcast on the Denver Stiffs Podcasting Network. We're going to be rolling out some other great episodes that I think you guys are all going to be really excited to see. So keep it in tune to Denver Stiffs, and we will... Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go
1: to rocketmortgage.com. Racial approval only Valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Skip the supermarket and make one stop at Smart & Final. You'll find farmer's market freshness, thousands of club sizes, plus everyday groceries and party supplies, where prices are up to 25% lower than supermarkets. Say hello to convenient shopping and everyday low prices on guaranteed high-quality foods, organics, local products, and cool stuff you can't find anywhere else. Come in now or visit smartandfinal.com to find your nearest location for quick delivery to your home or office.